The last time we looked at this text, we were asking the question, what does flesh mean? And we said that flesh is any human um, achievement minus dependence on the Holy Spirit and minus glorying in Christ Jesus. And what we're going to ask in this session is, why did Paul feel so obliged to say that he had reason for confidence in the flesh, and then to spend enough time that he even itemized seven aspects of his ability to have confidence in the flesh. Why did he go there? So, Father, as we look at this section, grant us to see how this applies to us. That's what I'm after here. I want to see why Paul did this for our sake, as well as those in his own, his own situation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me get it a little more focused here. If anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Why does he say that? Specifically, one. Well, let me, before I itemize them here, let me give you my first reason why I think he does it. I think he does it because those whom he's criticizing who, who claim to have such confidence in the flesh would say, well, if Paul demeans us and puts us down and says these things don't count it's because he doesn't have any (laughs) it's like saying i don't think being a great quarterback is so hot because you're a lousy one no paul wasn't a lousy quarterback and therefore he was the best quarterback and could say with authenticity why being a quarterback doesn't matter it's loss that's the first reason second reason is because these seven Aspects of the flesh here are so relevant in so many ways to all of us. Let's look at them. Circumcised on the eighth day. Let's number them here. One. That would be, what should we call it? Uh, Right rituals. Done, say, by our parents or by us. This would be infant baptism or baptism or anything else that you might do ritualistically and think it would count minus the Holy Spirit and Christ. Second, of the people of Israel. Wow. These are the covenant people. They were claiming, look at what John the Baptist ran into in his ministry as he called the Jews to repentance. John the Baptist said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Wrath is coming upon Israel. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. Don't begin to say, this is what they were saying. Don't begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, meaning we're Israelites. We have Abraham. We can't come under wrath. And Paul was saying, I had that distinction once and boasted in it. I was of the people of Israel. And now he says, it's loss. It won't save you. Without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus, it won't save you. And now he says, of the tribe of Benjamin. So this one was, let's let's call this uh, right ancestry. And then third of the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin means son of my right hand. This was Jacob, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. 
That was his, he named him son of my right hand, son of his favorite wife, Rachel. Benjamin was the tribe from which the first king in Israel came. His name was Saul, and that's, that's Paul's name that his parents gave him. Benjamin was the tribe that remained faithful to Judah when the ten tribes split off and went on their own way in the northern kingdom. A lot of reasons to have special accolades of your ancestry, not just of the right people, but within your own tribe, you got special ethnic accolades. Now, number four, Hebrew of Hebrews, number four. What is that? Special ethnic devotion. Lots of, lots of the people of, of Israel forsook their ethnic heritage and began speaking Greek. We see this in Acts 6. Now, in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, and they were all from, from Israel in J Jerusalem at that time, a complaint by the Hellenists, those are the Greek-speaking Jews, arose against the Hebrews, who were the faithful Hebrew-speaking Jews, because their widows were being neglected. Paul says, I haven't forsaken any of my Hebrew heritage. So special devotion, special ethnic devotion. Number five, as to the law, a Pharisee. Paul was a Pharisee. Acts chapter 26, they have known for a long time, he says, if they are willing to testify that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. It was the strictest party of the Jewish religion. So strictness of religion and to the highest standard, law, God's law, counts for nothing, counts for nothing. You think you're a religious person? So was Paul. He was the best religious person you could imagine. Six, as a zeal, a persecutor of the church. So he had passion. So let's add um, zeal. Lots of people say, well, if you're just sincere in your religion, whatever religion you had, if you're just sincere, oh, Paul was sincere. Was he ever sincere? Chip, look at look at him acting in Acts nine. Saul still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, asked for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, that is Christianity, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem to face punishment and even killing. He was totally sincere and zealous. And finally, number seven, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. What should we call this? Seven. Moral. Hmm, morally right behavior. He didn't, he didn't break the Ten Commandments. At least in his own eyes, he didn't. He was blameless, like that uh, rich young 
ruler in what Luke 18 21 all these I have kept from my youth Jesus hmm. so this blamelessness here is in the eyes of man and Paul was very good at being a law keeper better than anybody else in his generation he said now, what's so valuable about that itemization of the reasons for confidence in the flesh is that they're so relevant today. How many people depend on right rituals? How many people look to their ancestry and their parentage? How many people consider the accolades that their dad received to give them some kind of standing with God or in the community? How many people are so devoted to their ethnicity and their distinctives? How many people look at the standard they try to follow and the strictness with which they pursue their religion or the zeal that they have or the sincerity that they have or how morally right they are and better than lots of other people. Paul listed all of that so that he could wind up saying, I counted it all as loss because Christ is the only thing that matters. That's what we're going to turn to next time. How is all of this loss in relation to Christ?